0: Celebrating Christ our King Lifting up His Holy Banner, marching into
1: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Heartline Ministry. I'm Pastor Harold Royce, pastor of the Community Christian Church in Athens, Vermont. Alongside of me is uh, co-pastor, co-host of this program, uh, Tim Golden. He is pastor of Life on on Main. I can't even (laughs) talk today. Whoa, Life on Main in Charlestown, New Hampshire. And we want to thank you so much for tuning in to Heartline Ministry. Well, we have gone through now the whole book of Matthew. And Tim and I have decided that we're going to do a kind of a topical study for the next few weeks or months having to do with the reasons Jesus Christ came to earth. We came up with about 31 reasons why Jesus came. And, and some of them kind of inter- interlock with each other. But I think that they, they really need to be discussed and need to be talked about. And as we consider now the, the Christmas season, the holiday season which we are in, certainly a lot of people are celebrating and, and, and worshiping and so forth. Uh, the Lord Jesus, when he came down to earth as a baby. But have you ever considered why he came? Do you, have you ever considered the real reasons that he came? And once again, I think that there are some, you know, some 31 great reasons, and we may even come up with more than that, Uh, great reasons why the Lord Jesus Christ came. So, Tim, why don't you open in prayer, and we're going to start up with the very first reason, probably the most important reason, as I view it at least, why Jesus Christ came. Mm -hmm. And then everything else is going to kind of dovetail in along with that. But Mm -hmm. we're going to open in prayer and ask the Lord
0: to be with us, please. Sure. Lord, we thank you so much for the fact that you did come to earth, uh, that you did come to live amongst us, to be God with us, to be Emmanuel. And, Lord, we ask right now as we dig into these wonderful aspects of why it is that you came to earth. It was so much more than just coming to be born of a virgin. Uh, And, Lord, as we dig into these, would you uh, do something special within our very hearts as far as... um, Lining up, lining us up more with your will, and understanding more of your desires and your passions, so Lord, we can also share in that same desire. And we give you honor, we give you praise in your holy name. Amen. Amen.
1: You know, Tim, as you were praying, I, w- I was thinking of this: is that I wonder how many of our viewers think, for example, that Jesus, on that morning that Mary gave birth to him, that he. Right, uh, he was a created being at that time, mm-hmm. and we know from Scripture that that is not true. That right. that Jesus Christ always had been mm-hmm. um, from the beginning of time, as we, as human beings, with no beginning of time, mm-hmm. He always was. Yeah, uh, He was always with the Father. Mm-hmm. So Christmas is not the creation
0: of Jesus Christ, right? That is correct. In fact, it's. And I guess one reason we think that so many times is because that's the way the New Testament begins. But we have to remember that the Bible in its entirety, the New Testament only makes up maybe about a quarter to a third of the entire scriptures. So two-thirds of what we see happen prior, he was still in existence then and preceded Genesis chapter 1 Right. because we know that at the very, very beginning Of creation, he was there. In fact, and you go all the way to the last book of the Bible in Revelation, you find them referring to Christ as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, who was, who is, and who is to come. And so showing his living from everlasting to everlasting, or as my dad has said and heard somebody say once, from vanishing point to vanishing point. That's his existence.
1: Okay, so, so we really, you know, one of the first things we really need to, to come up with then is that Christmas is not the creation of Jesus Christ. Christmas is merely the incarnation mm-hmm. of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yeah. by incarnation, it is that now what Jesus has done is he has taken on flesh. Mm-hmm. And now certainly some people, especially I know of the Jewish Religion or Jewish thoughts is that they always thought that the Messiah was going to come down as a king from the outset. Mm-hmm. You know that he was going to come down on a white horse and that he was going to rule and and create his own or a whole new government and everything. Which mm-hmm. which we know out of Isaiah that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But also Isaiah says says to us that that there was going to be a baby born. Mm-hmm. And in 9-6 and so forth. So, so we know that, that there is a progression of Jesus Christ coming to earth. Mm-hmm. And the first one which we see, in which we are celebrating in a couple of weeks, has to deal with the birth of Christ or Christmas. Yeah. So, so now we know that Jesus Christ always has been. I, I, I think of the, the scripture verse in John 1. Mm -hmm. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and it was in the beginning with God. So therefore, we know that Jesus Christ always has been, Mm -hmm. he always is, and he always will be. Right. No, because no ending,
0: no beginning. Uh, no beginning, no ending. Yeah, because as you read through the rest of that book of uh, that first chapter of John, it specifies what the word is. So just for, just for those who yep. may not have read that yet, uh, it does say later the word became flesh, flesh. and dwelt among us, uh, though his own would not receive him, and so that did speak very well of of Christ. Okay. So now, as we, you know, the very first,
1: the very first part of why. Jesus Christ came. The first of 31 reasons Mm -hmm. that we've come up with probably to me is the highlight of all of the reasons Mm -hmm. because all the rest of the reasons seem to to connect to the very first reason. And we know that Jesus came because he wanted to do or he came to do the will of the Father. In fact, in John chapter 5, I'm just going to read a couple of verses here in verse 31 of John 5, I can of mine own self do nothing as I, as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and he says, and if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. So Jesus says, I did not come just on my own.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I did not just come because, you know, I wanted to... Be who I am. Mm-hmm. I came for a purpose and that purpose was to complete the will of my Father. Mm-hmm. So maybe to, to get this topic really rolling pretty well, um, so what do you think happened in that time in eternity, you know, 2,000 years plus ago, that finally, you know, at that time, you know, the, the Spirit of God placed Jesus in the womb of Mary. And he was booming. Can you give us kind of some, some kind of a scenario of
0: what you think might have happened at that point? You want me to get <laughs> into God's brain. Okay. Uh, yeah, no pressure. Um, <laughs> what happened? Let, let, let's see. Can we sum up in about five minutes all of uh, thousands of years? Thousands of years. Um, really, again, you go all the way back to Genesis 1 and 2, and you have the fall of man taking place man is then from that point separated from god not by god's doing but by man's doing because we chose to listen to the serpent right, right. we chose to listen to actually satan who was in the form of a serpent and so sin entered into the world and god said I- Unfortunately, this is what's got to happen. Sin requires consequences. Just like even in our own judicial system. Mm-hmm. Wrong behaviors require certain consequences and certain retribution to be made. And And God's kingdom is no different. And But the cool thing is, is that he said, okay, this is what's going to happen, but, and it's not going to be fun, it's not going to be pleasant. And he lays out all kinds of different aspects of that curse. But he says, however, I am going to... You know, you you you're gonna to try to take man out. But I'll tell you right now, I'm sending one who's actually gonna bruise your head, Satan. Yep. And that was referring to Christ. So even from the very beginning of Genesis, we see God saying, Okay, problems have come, but I've got a plan in place that will come to fruition. Wasn't gonna come into fruition right then because there's a lot of things that had to happen. And I think that what we see is we see unfolding a lot throughout the Old Testament over and over again. For us to understand that there's absolutely nothing within us that, that could possibly earn salvation. That even when he gives those things called the Ten Commandments, Nexus chapter 20, we can't even keep those ten. And actually, if you read throughout all the Old Testament law, there was in the hundreds right. uh, of, of laws. We can't even keep... The 10 big ones no less all the others and then so we got to see that we weren't able to make it work no matter how many years went by we couldn't do it and then God said okay well what I want you to do is offer sacrifices to show us that number one the only retribution we was going to require a blood sacrifice and we don't make the rules that's not my idea God is God and if God says it takes a blood sacrifice it takes a blood sacrifice for whatever reason So what he did is he made a way, and there was obviously the sacrifice of lambs and things like that that we saw that the priests would offer up. Again, for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years, where all of a sudden they could see that this is just a temporary thing. I had to keep bringing sacrifices on on a regular basis for different things, and it, it just seemed to fall short. Now, did those sacrifices, did the blood of those sacrifices... They really
1: did not take away sin. They basically covered, covered. sin, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a difference between what happened in the Jewish law as opposed to what happened when Jesus died upon the cross at Calvary,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is that he did not die to cover my sin. Right. He died to take away my sin.
0: Mm-hmm. And then we have this other wonderful picture in the Old Testament, uh, with the tabernacle, mm-hmm. and you see the holy place and the holy of holies, the tent structure within that courtyard that was surrounded by other um, tapestries that you went in and there was a veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. The holy of holies held the Ark of the Covenant, uh, which if anyone saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, you kind of have yeah. a general idea, yeah. right? Um and this Ark of the Covenant, within it there were certain things. There was manna from their wilderness wanderings. There was um, Aaron's staff, or Moses' staff. Moses or Aaron's? Moses' Moses's. And then there was the commandments themselves. So what you see there is you see the authority, the leadership of, of you know the God had provided. You saw the provision that God brought. But then you saw the commandments which really just showed us how faulty we were because we couldn't keep them yep. and those are in that but on top of that if you remember from the Raiders of the lost art yep. there are these two angels there two cherubim that were over and, and um, whose wings are spread out and they're looking down into the center of the top of this thing and, and that was what they called the mercy seat and there was blood that was actually put there and so what it resembled was that All the promises that we are not able to keep, somehow, God's got to look through the blood Mm -hmm. to see the promises, you know, and and in a sense, painting us a picture that through the blood of Christ, the fact that we've got all this law that we are unable to hold up, he sees the sacrifice of his son first Mm -hmm. for us as the fulfillment of those things. And so you've got these wonderful pictures throughout all of the Old Testament that God gave us over and over again to try to create and paint a picture of what was to come when Jesus would come on the face of this earth. And it took many, 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 many years (laughs) for that really to be played out, for him to paint the picture, but also I think even more importantly for us to understand there's nothing in ourselves or anything externally that we can do to merit being saved from our sins. And only when you see the depravity of your own condition mm-hmm. are you open to receive the true solution.
1: Now, in John 6, verse 38, it says, For I came down from heaven. And to me, that, that is just such a neat part of that verse. Mm-hmm. So we know that Jesus Christ was, always was. Mm-hmm which eliminates that he was created to be the baby for Mary Mm -hmm. to have for Christmas morning. So it says that he came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will, which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again in the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Mm-hmm. Now, the history lesson that you gave us is, is was wonderful and and, and it was great. My problem, or what the way I see things, is once again, you have all of that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but then when all of that when, when All of that had come to pass, you had 400 years of silence Mm. between the book of Malachi and when Jesus came. Mm -hmm. God is pictured in the scriptures as our Father, okay? Mm -hmm. I know what it's like if I don't get to see my kids, Mm -hmm. or talk with my kids, or spend any time with my kids after just a few hours or a few days. Mm -hmm. Or if they go on on a two-week vacation, Mm -hmm. by the end of those two weeks, I'm going nuts. You know, because I I want to spend time with my kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a granddaughter down at Liberty University, and and even though we can text and we can, it's not the same. You know, I Mm -hmm. I miss my kids. 400 years of silence. Mm -hmm. God had not revealed, had not spoken, had not done anything to show himself to mankind Mm -hmm. That he created for himself. Mm -hmm. So, in my view, what you know, what really prompted Jesus coming down, and and it all happened in the fullness of God's time, because everything God does is perfect. It's perfect timing. Everything He does is absolutely, you know, um, perfect. So, at the end of that four hundred and some odd years. It's almost like to me, you know, I have to just do this in my own head. It's almost like to me, like God finally says, I can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. I need to go and reveal myself mm-hmm. to my creation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, to those, to those whom we have created for our pleasure. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I'm going to send my son. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to send him as king right off the bat. I'm going to send him as a baby that they can that they can see him grow and, and take on all the things of humanity yet without sin. Mm-hmm. And he is going to be the one that can do it for me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I'm going to be able to now relate yeah. to our creation. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if, you know, the way I picture it at least, because... You know, we, we find, for example, in Romans where it says, what shall separate me from mm-hmm. the Father's love?
2: Yeah.
1: And he goes down and he gives you, you know, a whole, the whole panoramic view and says, at the end he says, nothing mm-hmm. will separate me from the Father's love. So can you imagine 400 years of separation?
2: Mm.
1: Now, you and I, I mean, we look at it. For example, let's just look at the other end of Jesus' life. You have three hours of separation between God the Father and God the Son, which in eternity past, they've had no time separated. hmm Now you have three hours of separation. Yeah. And just for our own vernacular, for our own picture, in three hours, that drove the Father nuts. hmm Because he just couldn't be without his Son for those three hours. That's why yeah. it turned totally pitch black. Mm. That's why, yeah. You know, I mean, there was earthquakes and there was all kinds of things happening. Why? Because the father was without the son.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm looking at it that he had to send Jesus to fulfill his will, because he wanted to be with his people, mm-hmm. and that's you and me.
0: Yeah. And, and that very much points to that passage in John as well as passages in Ephesians about the depth of his love. But our God is also a multifaceted God. And I think there's more than even just one reason to it. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a big piece of it, I think. I think the other thing is 400 years of silence. Now, when we read through Scripture, talks about how his word is our food. Yep. Now, what happens when we go for a day without eating? Right you get hungry and your stomach begins to speak to you you mm-hmm. know you you begin to develop a sensitivity <laughs> if you will and i can't help but think that to some level the 400 years of of silence created a certain level of hunger within people of when is he going to speak to us again mm-hmm. you know because we are going nuts because we are not hearing from right. him, and we and he has he had shown things he he'd, he'd given them profits and um, spoke to them a lot through those people, and now all of sudden said there was nothing that had to have been very very difficult. When when is it going to happen? Almost creating a sense of anticipation, much of that gets of like what children feel when Christmas starts getting yep. close. Yep. you know, is it Christmas? How much longer until Christmas? How many days until Christmas? Right. Um, and I think that maybe there's some extent people began sensing. Not all of them. Pharisees were obviously getting pretty comfortable in their power that they had. Yep. I think they'd gotten used to them by not speaking. But generally, there was that desire. The other thing my mind goes back to is this. How long were the Israelites in captivity uh, before Moses came? Before the years, right? No, well, 400 years. 400 years. 400 years. And so, again, you have this time of captivity that took place where the people, the Israelites, went through this time of, has God forgotten us? Yep. Where where is he? And then all of a sudden he's like, I'm coming to set my people free. Mm -hmm. I'm coming to bring you into a worship relationship. And this is, in essence, a lot of what Jesus did for them is when he came, When is he going to speak again, (laughs) you know? Uh, Where is he? We are enslaved to ourselves. And so there's this dynamic, if you will, that we see culminated all the way um, into the Passover meal, right? Uh, Where Jesus then brings it back and redefines what the Passover lamb is really all about and and what this meal is really to represent. So, again, it's one of those other pictures that we almost see from the Old Testament that God painted way back here a little shadow of what was going to take place here just prior to Christ coming again. And uh, so I think, like I said, there was was a hunger that God had, but it was creating a hunger in the people to be able to receive from Christ those that were willing to.
1: Now, also, I was just thinking about this is remember now, there was no real separation or time span where God was silent during the years of Noah. Mm-hmm. Yet we also know, though, that the world was getting worse and worse and worse and worse until yeah. finally God had to come to the point of saying, no more. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have Noah build an ark and the eight people are going to go in that ark and I'm going to destroy the world. Mm-hmm. Now, he had given us a promise with the rainbow. What? hmm I'm not gonna I am not going to destroy the world by flood again. Right. So now you have seven you got four hundred years of silence. Can you imagine how bad the world had gotten in that four hundred years?
0: Can't.
1: You know, because God is silent. And when you have someone who is silent, you know, Mm -hmm. we tend to really go off astray. We tend to
0: do our own thing. Well, isn't that what we saw happen throughout the Old Testament? Right. A lot of times when, when he sent the prophets, it's because they were really starting to go so far south yep. that he had to send somebody as his mouthpiece to say, look, straighten up, get back on track with God. Yep. And uh, so it didn't take them long. Right. So, so that's what
1: happened, in my view at least, that's what happened with the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. when he came. Even though he was born as a baby, mm-hmm. you know, But he came to now show Mm -hmm. that God wanted to, once again, have a relationship with people, Mm -hmm. with those of his creation. He wasn't going to destroy the world again. Mm -hmm. He'd already done that once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what he wanted to do is he wanted to come and, I don't know if the word restore is a better word or a good word for it, but he wanted to now come and make himself available Mm -hmm. to the people. And he made himself available through the Lord Jesus Christ, through his birth,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: through his life, through his death, burial, and resurrection. He made himself available. And today, he's made himself available Mm -hmm. to you and me, even through the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. So so God wanted to break that silence and, Mm -hmm. for now, be able to be available to people. And, do it through, and he did it through Christ.
0: Yeah. And the other thing, too, is it all, like I said, comes down to the love that he has for us. And why did he create us in the first place? So that we would love him. But I heard somebody put it this way once, and it's so true. It's like the only thing, there's a problem with love. Love requires a choice. Mm-hmm. if you take choice out of the picture then, it's, then there's never really any love no, that's either. possible to exist in order for love to exist there has to be a choice between this or that and then I make a choice to choose this mm. you know and, and that's why the extra tree in the garden all this great stuff, you know. I got to give you. I got to put one thing here so you can make a choice. Because see, I've already got all these angels that will worship, worship me yep. and that will serve me in that way. But I want a people that won't just worship and serve me. I want them to do that, but I want them to do more than that. I want them to love me, and I want to love them. Yeah, you know. But it, it's but it's a two way street, and and so I must give them choices. And so that's why he couldn't just wipe mankind out completely. Well, he did at least try to, you know, he saved eight because maybe from these eight, maybe a group will rise up. Yeah, I could create a bunch of robots. I could start over from scratch and just tell them all, love me. Right. But that wouldn't be love. Right. And and so he had to do everything in his power that he could do to reach us, but he has to still give us that ability to make a choice of whether we will or not. And so he had... To redeem. He can't just start from scratch. It, it almost requires redemption to take place. Yeah, so,
1: so you know, once again, it's all, it's all a part of, of God's gigantic plan that he has for us. Mm-hmm. In that his plan was going to involve a sacrifice that he had to make, mm-hmm. meaning God the Father, a sacrifice that God the Father had to make in order to be able to gain for himself mm-hmm. a people that, as you said, now have the right to make choices. It's my thought, Tim, that that the whole battle, the whole warfare Mm -hmm. that is going on around us, the spiritual warfare that's going on around us, to me stems from one basic issue. And that basic issue is this. Satan goes up to God and, and he accuses the brethren. Jesus stands on the, on the side as our, as our lawyer, as our go-between, as our mediator. And, and at the end of Satan's accusation, Jesus says, no, not guilty. I bought and paid for that person. But the whole thing is, is what, what God has done is he, he made it so that you and I, in this battle... Satan says, see, Tim Golden doesn't really love you, or Harold Noyes doesn't really love you. Just look at what he did. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's where the battle is. But where you and I, or any of us who's watching, do those things to please him, make those sacrifices to please him, or to go and worship him on our own volition, then, on the other hand, Jesus can say, yeah, see him? See what he's doing? He's worshiping me on his own. Mm-hmm. He's worshiping me because he loves me. Mm-hmm. Not because he's told to, not because he has to, not because, you know, no, I have not programmed him to do it that way. He's doing it because he loves me. Mm-hmm. And it all starts, in my view, of the very first reason why Jesus came. Why did he come? I came to do
0: the will of my Father. Which is summed up in John three sixteen that so many of us know, even people not in the church, for sure. God so loved The world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever would believe would not perish but have everlasting life for the Father did not send his Son into the world to condemn it but that the world through him might be saved. Mm -hmm. So
1: is it fair to say this that for you and me even though you and I center it all around Jesus because he's the one who came He's the one who suffered, bled, died, lived a perfect life. He did all of these things, but it still points back to the Father. It does. You know, because even John 3, 16, God so loved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't say Jesus so loved the world. Mm -hmm. No, God so loved the world that he gave his son. Now, Jesus did, Mm -hmm. and he willingly, you know, I I love what it says. Jesus said to them, I did not come to lay to." Have anyone take my life? I came to lay my life down for you. Mm-hmm. I and did I it so of my willingly. own free will yeah. and volition. Mm-hmm. So he had, Jesus had, the love of the Father in him, mm-hmm. surrounding him, yeah. for doing what he
0: had to come and do mm-hmm. for those 33 years. Yeah. But yet, the same token, even though it was the Son doing it, it was as though the Father himself was doing it. Because, And, and then you get into this hole, which could take us... The next decade, <laughs> probably, to try to explain this concept of the Trinity. Yeah. You know, where, where you've got the Father and you have the Son, you have the Holy Spirit, you have these very three distinct persons, but yet they are all one. Yep. You know, they are still all God. It's not three separate gods, you know. And and so it's this aspect of the oneness that they had. And, and I, I just so loved, you know, in that passage that you read, especially out of John 5 there, where it uses this phrase, from Christ. And he says it twice, at least. He says it up there in verse 19 and again down in verse 30, that I can of myself do nothing. Well, hold it. What do you mean? Jesus has limitations? You know, it, was Jesus programmed? Was he not given a choice? That's not what it's saying. What it's saying is that he was so one with the Father that, that it would actually go against every aspect of his character, mm. in every aspect of his own own existence, if I can use that word, um, to do anything that would not be of the father's heart and their hearts were so one, they were in such oneness with each other that he did not have the ability, nor did he desire the ability to want to ever do anything other than what pleased the Father, yep. part of the Trinity.
1: You know, what I find it very interesting, even in, in mankind, And I, I, as I reflect back, I see it in my own life in regards to my siblings. Now, I have a love for my siblings.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But my love for my siblings is different than the love that my father has for my siblings. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we mm-hmm. as dads, I think, yep. can express that. That, you know, I I think I started the program off with, you know, if if I don't get to see my kids for any length of time, I go nuts. I mean, it just, I haven't heard from them. Mm -hmm. You know, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen Nathaniel's truck go by at 5 o'clock every night, you know, so I know that he's home or or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it it just, you know, I asked Patty, did you see Nathaniel's truck go by? You know, it's just one of those things that, Mm -hmm. that as a dad, now I know my son Dan, wouldn't be looking out the window for his brother's truck to go by,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Though Dan loves his brother, it's not the same kind of love. Mm-hmm. But we find that Jesus Christ had the exact same love of the Father
2: mm-hmm.
1: for you and me.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, there's a reason for that, because when we go all the way back to Genesis, and when you look at John, and you compare that with John chapter one, we see that nothing was made. Apart from Christ, that mm-hmm. had been made. Christ was actually an active part of the creation process of Genesis chapter one. And so was the Holy Spirit of God. Yes, and so not only are we brothers, if you will, of, or is Christ our brother? As scripture talks about because it mentions that we are co-heirs with yep. Christ. But in one aspect, he almost is a parent role because mm-hmm. we are his creation. He took part in creating us. Well, we also see him in a parent role because certainly
1: as we read through the Gospels and as we mm-hmm. did the lengthy study out of the book of Matthew, we see that Jesus laid out the standard
2: mm-hmm.
1: for us to follow yeah. and for his disciples to follow mm-hmm. so that he was taking the role of the parent. Yep. And why? Because he was here to take the role of the parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I came to do exactly what my father would have done. Mm -hmm. It's the way I read it. I came to do exactly what the father would have done, but the father couldn't have done that Mm -hmm. because he had to make a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And not his own life, but he had to come and make a sacrifice of his son's life Mm -hmm. for me, for you and me, Mm -hmm. to be able to come back and to meet his very need Mm -hmm. for the ransom that was paid. So, you know, the Father could not pay his own ransom. Mm -hmm. He needed to have the Son come down to pay that very ransom. So why did Jesus come? Well, first of all, the first reason we have is Jesus Christ came to do implicitly Mm -hmm. the very will of the Father. And he did nothing contrary to the will of the Father. Mm -hmm. There's no time that the Father ever said to Jesus, I want you to do this. And Jesus looked up to him and said, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Even in the garden, which to me would be the, probably the closest to that, mm-hmm. when Jesus was praying and it was like he was sweating drops of blood, you know, he was in such agony mm-hmm. that he even prayed, Father, if it be possible, to me that is the key word, if it be possible, let this cup by, pass by me. But... Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Mm -hmm. So even though in his humanity, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: he would have loved to have bypassed Mm -hmm. the cross because that was probably the most excruciating, painful, terrible way to die. Mm -hmm.
0: But he was willing to do it because that was his father's will. Right. And as co-heirs with Christ, that's what we're called to live like. You know, Jesus said the wor- these interesting words as well at that scene at the Garden of Gethsemane when he saw Peter sleeping. And he said, look, Peter, I need you to pray with me because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. weak. Yep. You know, but what he was basically talking about was himself. But what he was saying is, I am bringing my fleshly nature, the, the fleshly being part of me. The, those, you know. The, the anxiety, the emotions that were, you know, so welling up there. I am making a choice, Peter, to take that flesh and make it submit to what my spirit says. And therefore, and, and that's what Jesus did. I cannot do, I, I refuse to do anything of my own accord. I choose to take this fleshly being of myself and make it obedient to the Father at all levels. And that's what he calls us to do as co-heirs with him. If we are to truly be Christ-like, be holy as he is holy, we in essence got to do that same thing. Be willing to take our fleshly nature, which for us is our carnal man, our sinful man, which Jesus didn't have, but he just had the flesh part, just right. the physical flesh. We have the the physical and also that spiritual yuck yeah. that, that so encompasses mm-hmm. us. But to be willing to take that and say, you know what, I've got these pulls, I've got these um, these tendencies this way, but you know what, my spirit never ever wants to do anything contrary to the Word of God, right. or contrary to His will. So I will choose to take all this stuff and bring it in submission to that spirit. Yes. Yeah. And that's a hard
1: thing. <laughs> I, I, think, I think one of the things that probably a lot of people would have a hard time with, and, and do have a hard time with, is the fact that Jesus Christ, when he came down upon earth, Mm -hmm. you know, once again he always has been, but now he came down upon earth to be a baby, Mm -hmm. to grow up, go through the adolescence, you know, the infancy stage, the adolescent stage, the teen stage, and man stage and so forth. And he and he came and he chose to do that for you and me. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we have a hard time picturing that Jesus Christ was all man. Mm as well as being all God. Mm-hmm. And now to try to try to separate those two, or, or actually, instead of separating them, putting them together mm-hmm. as Jesus and only Jesus could do mm-hmm. was remarkable. You know, just a remarkable thing that he, that he did for us. So that, you know, you look at it, so he came to do the Father's will. Um, Jesus, you know, in, in making that very same kind of statement that you were talking about just a moment ago. He said in John 15 10 because you keep my commandments or if you keep my commandments you shall abide in my love even as I have kept my father's commandments and I abide in his love. So, so the key to abiding and the word abide means to live right? Yeah. So the key to living in his love is to do what? Do what he says right. do what he says now that does not mean that the god you know if i don't do what he says all the time that god's going to stop loving me no but if i am going to have that intimate relationship with him because with jesus christ when he was walking down when jesus christ was a boy of what nine Is that when they when he was in the temple 12 12 when he was in the temple excuse me when he was in the temple at the age of 12 what was it he said when Joseph went into the temple to find him?
0: Didn't know I'd be about my father's business. Yeah,
1: I, don't you know? No. Joseph, don't you know? <laughs> I'm 12 years old. I have to be about my father's business. Mm-hmm. So even at that young age, he knew what his calling was. He knew what his purpose was, and that was to go about the business the father had given him to do. hmm Boy, well, only if we as Christians could have that attitude or, or to have that mind. Yeah. You know, I, I love what Paul says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So, so to me, that's available to us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whether or not we apply it or whether or mm-hmm. not we want to apply it is another, another right. question. But to be able to be as this, this first reason Jesus came, to do the Father's will. I wonder how many of us today would really say, I want to do my father's will. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to do what my father, meaning God the Father, mm-hmm. not my fleshy father, but God, the, my father, would
0: want me to do. Yeah. And of course, the only way you're going to know what the father wants you to do is if you actually spend time with him, yeah, on a regular basis. That means spending time in the Bible, and time in you know actually reading it. Not just. And, and I'm not knocking this, but. We need to do more than just and, and, and I love this publication. I know you've got them in your yep. church. I know we've had them in our church, um, but it's more than just picking up the daily bread devotional, right. and reading it and saying, "There, I read my scripture for the day and yep. putting it aside." Yep. It means actually picking up this thing and reading it for yourself, saying, "Okay, God, today show me what you want to yep. show me." I don't want to live off the regurgitations of somebody else's food. Mm-hmm. You know, I want I want to be fed fresh stuff. Yep. You know and. Again, not to knock the importance and, and the value of, of receiving from those that maybe are more mature in the faith than we are, but it should never replace our own personal time in the Word. And when you look at Jesus in his life, how is it he was able to do the will of the Father except for the fact that he frequently got alone to be with him? Yep. God went up into the mountaintops, and we've talked about that over the last number of weeks oh, yeah. together. yeah. Um, But going up into the mountaintops, away from the distractions of the world, to just seek him and to say, God, what is it you want me to understand today? And I I think that too many times we as Christians, what we fall prey to is, and I don't mean a play on words here, but it's working out that way, we fall prey, P-R-E-Y, to is that we pray P-R-A-Y the wrong way. Yeah. Our idea of praying is our Father, blah, 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 give blah, 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 this blah, Give me this, Amen. Give me this, yeah. And we never take time to just shut up during the midst of our prayers and say, okay, now, God, now you talk to you me. You talk to me. Yeah. You know, that and I think I've shared the analogy before. It would be kind of like going, you know, if, if you were to go home with Patty or I go home jammer, and then all of a sudden, you know, we just sit down and say, man, let me tell you about my day. I'm black, you know, and just throw it all out there. And then we'll get done. Well, thank you for listening. Thanks for stopping see you. Hold it. I've got, what about my day? Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's not much of a relationship. But yet that's what we do in our prayer times, even as believers too many times. We don't take time to stop and say, okay, now, God, you've heard my heart. Now, how about you share your heart with me? And I'll just be quiet for a moment. You know, I I find it very interesting
1: that Jesus goes. And the very first reason that I picked, at least, that Jesus Christ came to earth was to do his father's will, and everything else we're going to talk about over the next twenty five or thirty weeks depends on how long um you know we spend on each one of them is is you know that was his number one focus mm-hmm. to do exactly what the father wanted him to do, not what he wanted to do, mm-hmm. but what the father would have him to do mm-hmm. now that does not mean that Jesus did not go off and you know spend some time with his guys or whatever but it all was under the direction of the Father. Mm-hmm. This is what I want you to do. And and to me, that is just so, so neat. I want to spend some time in John 15, Tim, just for a moment, because he goes in and he says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that your joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. So. Is there really joy in following as closely as possible, as us as human beings, mm-hmm. as closely as possible
0: and do the will of what God would have you and me to do? I don't think it's possible to have joy any other way. You got it. You I, know, mean, that's uh, what I, feel. I think that the problem comes in that we too many times, we replace the word joy with this concept of happiness. Happiness, yep. And the thing is, is that as a Christian, I will guarantee you, there'll be a lot of things that will happen in life that don't feel good. But, and and there have been a lot of things in my life that have not necessarily been good things on the surface. But some of those things, I'll tell you today, I have found incredible joy in because joy comes from within mm-hmm. and flows outward. Happiness comes from the outward and flows inward. And... uh and I've had some things happen that were kind of maybe horrific a, a little bit of an over-exaggeration, but were, were very hurtful, very damaging that I had to go through. But because of seeing God's purpose in it and seeing what has transpired as a result of those things, I can literally sit here today and say, and, and say with no shadow of doubt, if I had to go back through those things all over yep. again, I would do it, and now I would do it even more gladly yep. because of the joy that I have experienced, even out of my own suffering, because of what God was able to do through that to really touch somebody else and make a difference in somebody else. And there was such life that came forth in me, and to the point that now, something that once caused me pain and tears, actually now brings me joy and excitement, Yep, not from the outside, from the, from inside, the inside out. You know, I, I
1: was just thinking as you were sharing that, you know, just in my own personal experience, you know, over the last year, you know, a lot of people, and I, and I say this to a lot of people, 2019 will not be a year I'm going to forget <laughs> in, in any time real soon, uh-huh. you know, if ever. You know, and, and some people, you know, say, well, how are you doing? Because I've been diagnosed with cancer and so forth. And as I reflect back from March when I got the diagnosis to even today, you know, in those nine months or whatever it is that, that it's been, you know, I look back at it and I say, you know something, I wouldn't want not to have cancer because I have already been able to reach out to some people mm. that I would never meet unless I had cancer. I remember sitting sitting in the, in the solarium, you know, at the hospital waiting for my time to have the, the radiation therapy. And there'd be like... Four or five six of us there seated waiting for our turn and the conversation mm-hmm. would be great I mean there wouldn't be a day mm-hmm. that there wasn't a buzz mm-hmm. in that solarium you know where, where we were just talking and, and reminiscing or talking about our families or talking about you know things that were happening or, or just going over well this is what I'm going through what are you going through and, but it was just so neat mm-hmm. how God and even the girls who were coming out to get us, you know, to, to go do the the radiation, you know, they, they would all laugh and say, we've never heard this place in our life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so, so talkative. You know, you guys are a community. You guys have drawn and made friendships that I know that I'll probably never see them again, at least not in this life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, because they live in Peterborough, or they live in Jeffrey, or Ringe, or, you know, they were down in that area, and there was a couple of others. You know, but the thing is, is to, you know, to trade that in, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not willing to do that now. That because it
0: was something just so great for me. Yeah. And of course, I can just hear people you know, probably listening to this program right now and say, man, you two are totally off your rocker. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, because you, you guys are going through this kind of junk, and you're sitting there, and you're actually saying you wouldn't trade it. You guys are nuts. Well, you know what? If I may actually say it to the folks out there, we are. <laughs> we give Jesus a shot. You'll be just as nuts as we are. That's right. But I'll tell you, you'll never regret it. Never regret you'll it. will never regret it for a minute.
1: You know, there's a scripture verse here in John 15, Tim, that I think is, is just, the, to me, the greatest scripture of, of all of them in, in this section. And it's found in verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this, mm. but that he lay down his life for his friends. Remember, Jesus said no man takes my life. Mm -hmm. I lay it down. That's
0: right.
1: And you know, we need, if if we are going to do the will of the Father, there could be no greater way, at least in my view, and once again, this is just my view, that I can serve my Father any better than to be willing to lay down my life, no matter what it is. Let me, let me share with you in just an instance, and, and this happened to me yesterday. A uh, friend of mine uh, passed away with a massive heart attack. Mm. His name was Kevin Stevens. I went to school with him. I played ball with him. We were great friends. I'm great friends with his brothers and his whole family, Pastor Sherm's son, uh, next to the oldest son. He died of a massive heart attack. Kevin showed that great love, even as a young boy. You know, he was probably like, oh seventeen 17 at the time. Mm when they had a massive fire at their house. And he kept running into the house full of flames and dragging out family members one by one. Now, there were four he could not get to, and that was his four sisters that died up in the attic. They happened for some reason to want to stay in the attic that night. So they did uh, sleep there, you know, do kind of a camp out kind of a thing, I guess. But he was willing, even as a 17-year-old boy, to lay down his life. He later became a state trooper. He later became someone who was willing, once again, to lay down his life. Mm-hmm. Kevin was one of those guys who he was such a great. Simply put, he was he was a great friend. And I and I look at this verse and I think of Kevin, for example, or I think of, let's say, I'm military, or I think of, but no greater love had no man mm-hmm. than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And then he goes and says in verse fourteen you are my friends so jesus christ did the will of the father that was the first reason he came was to do the will of the father and what was that to lay down his life Mm -hmm. for us his friends yeah yeah and verse 14 you are my friends because you do whatsoever i command you Mm -hmm. what a a remarkable statement Mm -hmm. so the first reason why did jesus come and why do i celebrate christmas I don't celebrate Christmas simply because he was a cuddly little baby. Mm -hmm. I celebrate Christmas for the whole reason of Christmas Mm -hmm. and that is Jesus Christ came to do the will of the Father and one of the main basic things of the will of the Father was for him to lay down his life for me so that I could become his friend. Mm -hmm. And we sing that beautiful old hymn in our church, what a friend I have in Jesus. That's what Christmas means to me, not the cuddly baby thing, though he's cute, though he's, but no, there's far beyond that, Mm -hmm. far beyond that. I'm Pastor Harold Royce, pastor of the Community Christian Church in Athens, Vermont. We are located on the Lower Road in Athens. We have morning worship at 9.30, we have evening worship at 6 o'clock every Sunday. We also have a prayer meeting at 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights. We also have various Bible studies going on all through the week. And if you'd like to hook up with those, we have our men's breakfast we do. We have a ladies' tea, a ladies' breakfast we do. Uh, all kinds of things, all kinds of activities that, uh, so that we can become more and more as a family as God would have us to be. Love to have you visit with us. Love to have you check us out, worship with us, learn from the Word of God uh, about the Lord Jesus Christ and who He
0: is. And you have a concert coming up here. Soon. Yep, we Don't have you? we
1: have a cantata coming up on the twenty second. That's on a Sunday morning, uh, the Sunday before Christmas. We also have a uh, no. That's I'm sorry. That's Sunday night. The cantata is Sunday night at six o'clock. You have the Sunday morning cantata no. <laughs> at, at, on the twenty second. We have a Sunday evening cantata six o'clock at the Community Christian Church. We also have a concert Christmas concert that had to be. Uh, Rearranged because of a snowstorm that's going to be on the 29th, which is by the Joyful Noise. Mm-hmm. And once again, just a lovely, lovely Christmas mm-hmm. concert. So we got a number of things going on. For Christmas. And we also have Christmas Eve service. Let me please plug this. Christmas Eve service, Tuesday night, 5 o'clock on the 24th. And it's always a wonderful time, wonderful way to start off the celebration of what
0: the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the Charlestown area, we'd love to have you drop in, see us at Life on Main. We meet at 176 to 188 Main Street. Uh, You'll see the big sign for St. Luke's Episcopal in the front yard, but we're Life on Main. And uh, love to have you come, 11 o'clock Sunday mornings, worship with us down there. We have a coffee time also that starts at 10 o'clock. We would just fellowship, uh, laugh together, pray together, uh, just have a great time together. Um, We also... As Harold already said, on the 22nd of December, we will be having, during our regular service at 11 a.m., our Christmas cantata, and it's called Song of Joy, and uh, just great portrayal of the real reason. Some of the 31 reasons that Christ came, uh, we will be covering in that. Uh, We'll also be taking it, um, I believe, down to uh, Community Christian Church on January 6th, uh, on that Sunday evening, if you can't make the other one. Or if you make the other one, you oh, man, I wish I would have brought my friends. Hey, you'll be able to bring them to to a second uh, presentation of that. Also, Christmas Eve in the Charlestown area at Life Fellowship, our, our parent church, at four o'clock, they'll be having cookies, cocoa, coffee, that kind of thing from four to five, and then their Christmas Eve service from five until six. So come on out, join us at both of these locations. We would love to see you, and get the word out there about Heartline. If you enjoy this program, let people know they can watch us. We do thank Fat TV for all that they do, uh, making this a possibility. They're just a great group of guys here, and um, But you can see us on the public stations from Brattleboro, Vermont, all the way up to Springfield and up in the Northeast Kingdom, as well as on YouTube, the Fact 8 website, and uh, the Heartline Ministry Facebook page. So hope to see you there.
1: For Pastor Tim, I'm Pastor Noy saying thank you so much for tuning in to Heartline Ministry.